Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Depth charts were officially released for the Grizzlies and the Bobcats yesterday, signaling the official start to the 2021 season for the Treasure State's Big Sky Conference football programs. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The Grizz depth chart featured few surprises, although sophomore Corbin Walker and senior Omar Hicks Anu securing the starting cornerback jobs ahead of FBS transfer Justin Ford, formerly of Louisville, along with upstart freshman Aunt Joe So, may have been a bit surprising. Grizz head coach Bobby Houck has emphasized throughout his team's recently completed fall camp that the Grizzlies expect to play into their depth quite often this fall at a variety of positions. The other spot that received some attention was freshman Xavier Harris and redshirt freshman Isaiah Childs securing the top two spots at running back. Senior Cam Humphrey will throw his first pass in his home state of Washington since his senior year of high school in Issaquah when the Grizzlies take the field at Husky Stadium on Saturday evening. At Montana State, a few more surprises highlighted the depth chart heading into first-year head coach Brent Deegan's first game, leading MSU Saturday afternoon against Wyoming and Laramie. Justice Perkin, a redshirt freshman from Bozeman who is a former walkout, will make his first career start at center ahead of Cole Sane, a former Grizz who's been banged up during fall camp. Versatile junior Ty Okada will start at nickel ahead of injured senior Tyrell Thomas, who will not make the trip. And junior James Campbell, a converted wide receiver, will start opposite Eric Zambrano at corner. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory.
to 9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on a Tuesday. Hope you have an outstanding Tuesday. Hope you have an outstanding week. It's just down at campus, University of Montana campus. I uh, didn't get to catch up with Bobby Houck. He was running a little late, so we'll uh, circle back around with him. But we will debut our Houck Highlights segment later on this week, even though uh, we did share some sound from Coach Houck yesterday from the press conference. But I got a little best-of cut-up that I made last night that uh, we'll, we'll debut that segment with, and then we'll catch up with Coach Houck for our weekly one-on-one throughout the uh, the rest of the fall. But I was on campus, and, man, it's not just the football team down on campus. Saw some students coming in and out of the rec center. Saw the track team practicing on the grass. So, uh, beautiful day in Missoula, too, man. Uh, sometimes I'm rooting against it being so nice in Missoula because this place looks like a postcard sometime, and we don't need any more people moving to town. But uh, tongue-in-cheek, I, I, I joke. But a beautiful day out there today. So, hopefully you're having an outstanding Tuesday. Missed your thing in the first hour of the show. All football all the time. This today, Tuesday, which will normally be our big prep football day. So, we had a prep extra giving you scores from across the great state of Montana. Also gave you our Treasure State Stars, featuring some of the best individual performances. And also talked a little Cam Newton and the the uh, enigma that is Cam Newton as he was released by the New England Patriots today. You want to find anything from the first hour of the show, you can find it on the podcast, which is proudly presented by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, Sports Bet Montana, and Blackfoot Communications. Speaking of Blackfoot, Blackfoot, the proud sponsor of a variety of different endeavors, which I am so happy to have them on board for they believe in and support podcasting more than anybody that I've ever come across, and it has made it not just a sustainable but a, a very worthwhile venture for us at ESPN Missoula as well as Skyline Sports, uh, as well as Justin Angle and his podcast, A New Angle Podcast. And so I know Blackfoot's been awesome, and they also sponsor this segment, which is A Business Angle with Justin Angle here on Nuanas. Now Justin is a professor of business at the University of Montana and uh, a regular contributor here on Nuanas. Now we do this every other Tuesday, a business angle that is an overlay between business and sports. Justin, my man, I know that classes started yesterday, and uh, at the, the, the you're you're a famous podcaster now. You got all these different irons in the fire, but in your in your original iteration, you are a great professor. So you must have been so happy to have classes yesterday. How was the first day of school? Gosh, it was wild culture. I mean, you know, you go through a year where I teach entirely remotely. So it was, you know, I taught a couple things last week for orientation, but my freshman class, the business safari, you know, there's a hundred seats, 150 seats in the room and there was 150 people in the room. It was jam packed, not an empty seat in the house. Um, super fun, super engaging. And, um, I gotta tell you, like, you know, it sort of feels there's a little bit of an athletic aspect to it. Like it's like your first game or your first race. You kind of feel like, man, you know, I'm not really in game shape. You know, I feel like I got the ideas in my head, but like getting them out and, uh, talking and then engaging with students, it's just a new kind of energy. And, um, Really excited to be back in the room again. A um, little bit weird. Everybody's got a mask on, but, um, you know, I think we sort of set that aside and just recognize that, um, you know, we might not be excited to wear masks, but it's a whole heck of a lot better than being on Zoom and um, kind of a nice sort of thing for us to rally around. Like, let's help each other stay healthy and um, stay in the classroom because it's fun to be there. I think it's the best, best uh, way to learn. 
I feel that so deep in my soul as far as not being in shape. Man, the the rigors that are just navigating a college football season, once you get in the rhythm, it's it's you know, it's just what we do. It's yeah. what I've done for fifteen years. But man, I was just like all over the place yesterday. I was sweating all day, running around all over the place trying to get all my interviews done. I had to email myself my schedule just to make sure I didn't forget anything. But it, it is a hell of a lot better than uh sitting back there in that hot radio studio on Zoom for eight hours a day, I tell you that. So I'm, I'm happy for you that you got some in-person 100%. teaching. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about a couple different main topics here today, but one primary and central theme of something we've been talking about here is twofold. One, sports gambling, and two, the evolution of broadcasting, particularly when it comes to live sporting events, because sort of the last... Uh, frontier, I guess not even the last frontier, the, the last safe haven for actual live broadcasting seems to be sports. It seems to be the, the last thing that's hanging on in this otherwise on-demand world. And so the the rights for sporting leagues and the rights to broadcast those have become uh, unbelievable bidding wars. And at the same time, now you have some huge players that have made this industry that once was this sort of behind-closed-doors black market, if you want to say that, or just, you know, sort of presumed to be seedy and maybe uh, not really in the, the the scope of reality, sports gambling. Now, this is fully mainstream, fully commonplace, fully accessible. The tipping point has been profound when it comes to sports gambling. And so here now we are with the overlay between these two things. ESPN, the mothership, as it were, here at uh, ESPN Radio, is in talks with Caesars as well as DraftKings to license its brand in a multi-year deal, and they're reporting that it's worth $3 billion. That's right, $3 billion with a B. So hash this out for a little bit, uh, Justin, because it seems like this could be something that has a lot of uh, speed bumps involved but also could be unbelievably lucrative if uh, there's some sort of fluidity that could be decided upon by a couple titans in uh, burgeoning industries. Yeah, there's a lot of dimensions to this, Coulter. Um, so sort of try to let's take them piecemeal here. I mean, as you mentioned, um, you know, sports betting has kind of come out of the dark. And, you know, with the NFL moving into Vegas and these, these large platforms just sort of entering mainstream, I mean, it's a huge industry, $4 billion in revenue last year, and ESPN wants to be a part of it. And the fact that ESPN owns, um, you know, owns inventory, one of the few pieces of inventory in terms of entertainment that people are willing to tune in at a particular time on a particular day, um, that means they've got great um, advertising placement. And so they can reach it. They can get into these deals with Caesars and DraftKings to have these platforms advertise on the ESPN properties, but all you know, and tap into those audiences. But also, you know, we don't know all the deal, all the aspects of the deal. But maybe there's other kind of co-promotions. Um, and, you know, so 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 the marketing sort of um, aspects here are the sky's the limit. The thing where I get kind of you know, in, intrigued is like, how far does this go? I mean, this is one, like ESPN is a premier brand and they're going to put their brand on the line with Caesars and DraftKings. And, you know, that's, those are two premier brands in their space, but they're in a very different space. And so, you know, is ESPN, ESPN is definitely taking a risk. Disney, ESPN's parent company is taking a risk by, uh, 
by licensing their brand to these other entities. Um, you lose a little bit of, of control when you license your brand, but also you want to make sure that there's enough alignment that the associations um, that one brand has and the other brand have um, don't conflict. So we'll sort of see how, how that goes. Um, the other piece of it that I got to say, I mean, we've been talking a lot about the NCAA, right? The mm-hmm. NCAA, um, you know, all these entities around college sports make money except for the players. And now the players have been pushing and pushing and pushing to get their piece of the action. It seems like some of the same dynamics exist in this gambling space. Problem is, though, that that as, you know, if athletes are left out of all the revenue and all the profitability in the gambling space, you know, if they want a piece of the action in the gambling space, it provide it, pre- it presents some really... Um, perverse incentives and could undermine the integrity of competition. I mean, we've seen that in the clandestine fashion at times over the years. And now that it's in the open, it's just, I think these sports teams, athletes and networks are going to have to be really careful about, you know, who's making money and how they're making money. Um, yeah. So a ton of dimensions to this story. Justin angle. It's a business angle. Justin is a business professor at the university of Montana and he joins us here on Nuanas Now every other Tuesday for a conversation about the overlay between business and sports. Justin, a couple questions for you to continue to f- sort of hash that out. First, a statement. I think that some people would claim that ESPN's um, the centering of their brand has sort of been uh, knocked off kilter and that they're trying to refine that. Uh, so what is your perception, though, yeah. of the ESPN brand as it is? Because ESPN is largely and dramatically different in its broad existence as it was uh, during the you know the heyday of the Sports Center era back in the mid-'90s, let's say. Yeah, it's really hard to know. I mean, that, and that's something that happens as a brand grows. You know, what is it doing strategically? Is it staying with kind of the core um, associations and activities that made it what it was and that for ESPN it was broadcasting and you know informed analysis but you know they're into original programming they're into all these new sports they're um, you know they're, they're all over the place and that's you know part and parcel with being a brand that's growing and you know, COVID presented a ton of challenges for the for the for the enterprise, meaning that you didn't have as much inventory of, of live programming, and you, know, you can only build so much analysis and content and talking, as you probably well know, around an event. And if there's fewer of those events to go around, it just becomes harder to fill the airtime with compelling content. Um, so you know, I, I think ESPN is is. It's in a transition point. You know, I don't really know um, what's going to come of it, particularly as we're looking at, you know, college athletes making money, you know, whether it's from payments or endorsements. You know, the sports around them are changing. And so, you know, the brand has kind of kind of find its way. They've also, you know, let's let's be honest. They've had some leadership struggles. They've had some um, challenges. You know, that Rachel Nichols story. Um, so they got some personnel issues uh, at play as well, and um, some big personalities that they got to keep happy. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a brand in disarray, but it's a brand that I think has lost some clarity in the marketplace. I think that's fair to say. 
It is certainly true. And I, I want to know this because on one hand, the the scenario that we're rapidly marching toward and in certain states already exists uh, already is is the phenomenon of live prop betting within the scope of a sporting event. In other yeah. words, we're watching the Masters. Tiger Woods has got an 18-foot putt. I'm, I could put 50 bucks on if Tiger makes or misses this putt. We're watching Monday Night Football, and it's third and seven for the Eagles, and and I could put 10 bucks on if the Eagles are going to get the first down or not. And this is going to go – this will get to the point where it is instantaneous and push of a button, and people could be betting hundreds, thousands, mm-hmm. tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> – Instantly, play by play by play by play by play. That's one way to keep people fully engaged in live sporting events. And that's, uh, you know, in, in regards to what you think of just the, the savory or lack thereof nature of gambling, it is smart to try to align yourself with that because it is going to be a captive audience. But what are the downfalls? I mean, have you considered this? Because you mentioned that it is risky for ESPN to be uh, in talks with Caesars and DraftKings. What are the risks, though? I mean, what is ESPN sort of uh, treading on here uh, just in terms of wh- where this might go or, or you know, worst-case scenario, so to speak? Man, I think the risks, you, you sort of, you, you talked about how, you know, the gambling space is thought to be unsavory in the minds of some people. Um, you know, I think the evidence probably overrides that concern to, to a large degree. I mean, so many people are participating in sports betting, and probably the upsides that ESPN and others in this space are looking at with regard to, you know, as you said, the wide variety of really engaging customer experiences they could create. I mean, people are already sort of surfing their phones and watching analysis real time while they're watching the game, whether it's Twitter hot takes or whatever. Um, you know, if you're able to sort of engage in this prop betting in real time, I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to make the games just much more engaging. The thing I think is the biggest risk is, again, like all these entities making money off of these players. Right. And, you know, players, a lot of players are well compensated, but not all, right? And the lifetime that uh, the lifetime of a professional athlete in his or her sport is pretty narrow. And so if you got all these other entities making money based on the actions of an athlete, and, and those actions are sort of in micro, at a micro level around, you know, you're betting on them, I think it just creates a lot of problems with regard to, um, you know, the integrity of these competitions. Um, and, you know, and, and, and as, as this gets more out in the open, those conflicts of interest are even, even more explicit. And we're sort of encouraging athletes in a way to sort of get more of a piece of the action. I mean, if these, if these competitions lose their integrity, it sort of stops being professional sports and it starts being, you know, or the world, re, re, you know, world, world wrestling or whatever you want to call it. it it's, it kind of becomes a sham. Well, as, as the, the cynic that I am, by the way, it's a business angle with Justin Angle. He's a business professor at the University of Montana, and he and I, uh, Nuanas now, Coulter Nuanas, we catch up uh, every other Tuesday, uh, overlay between business and sports. I listened to a fascinating podcast this last spring called Whistleblower, and the central figure of Whistleblower is Tim Donahue. Mm-hmm. Tim Donahue was the infamous and uh, much scrutinized NBA official who uh, was – busted for basically point shaving and fixing games in the NBA. 
This podcast is about how Tim, how Tim Donahue is not a singular figure, but in fact a microcosmic example of an uh, just an endemic-like plague of unsavory referees in the NBA. And basically the thesis statement of this podcast, which featured interviews with Supreme Court justices and FBI agents and police officers. We're not talking about people that, uh, you know, you're not just talking about the scorned gambling shark or the bookie or whatever, or, you know, NBA players that think they got slighted by bad refereeing. You're talking about United States officials that are going on the record about this. And basically the thesis of this podcast is that the NBA has been and will continue to be more like the WWF than any other sport. And I don't know if I want to believe that because the NBA is my favorite professional sport and it it might be just a cynical view at it, but uh, we have seen gambling already in sports before it was more regulated. So maybe this actually is nothing new. It's just sort of a revelation uh, of things to come. But it is worth noting uh, when we talk about especially college athletes getting paid when it comes to name, image, and likeness that today Ohio State quarterback Quinn Ewers uh, he signed a name, image, and likeness deal with GT Sports Marketing worth $1.4 million. That's right, $1.4 million wow. for a college kid. He will then receive uh, that money over a three-year span in exchange for autographs. That's it. They're going to take his autograph. They're going to sell them. Uh, so good for this kid, but we'll see how that all plays out because uh, that's a an unbelievable deal when it comes to this. But I just keep thinking about this NIL stuff because I think that there's such a huge opportunity for these kids. I also think so many of them don't know how to really go about it. Um, and I think that it could become this giant tipping point where it's... I personally think if that there was a blueprint for how to do it and or a firm or multiple firms or agents to help kids, I truly think that almost every single college football player in the United States of America could get an NIL deal of some form. I'm not saying they're going to get $1.4 million, but I think they could get free hamburgers at a restaurant. I think they could get free, you know, gasoline or socks somewhere or, so, you know, whatever it might be. But I do think that there is a way for everybody to get a piece of the pie. So it's it's pretty precarious to see how this this all plays out. But $1.4 million for Quinn Ewers at Ohio State, that is a, uh, a mind-blowing figure uh, that could be the beginning of something uh, that I, it, it, it's for sure here to stay. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the more kind of a share of the revenue pie that the athletes can get, I mean, I'm sort of conceptually in favor of that. I think that it has to be done thoughtfully. And, you know, I think you'll see schools start to wrap these sorts of deals into their recruiting efforts, perhaps. And that, that again, should be done thoughtfully. Um, you see this in, in the professional leagues. They have a lot of training and counseling in place for rookies and younger players on how to manage this this newfound wealth that they come into. You know, and you hear stories about folks that do that particularly well and then folks that that don't do it well i mean the share of pro athletes that are bankrupt um within a short number of years after their professional playing days are over is 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 pretty uh just hard to kind of think about and so you know wanting to make sure that um these colleges and universities are, are really kind of giving these these young men and women the tools they need to to manage these decisions i think is going to be critical we'll we'll see if it plays out a business angle here on nuanas now with justin angle university of montana business school it's a conversation about the overlay between 
business and sports. Justin, take us through this this fitness tracker phenomenon because this is another industry that's absolutely blown up, and uh, it seems like there's a, a huge industry here, particularly with the endorsements that are coming from several uh, enormous athletes. I mean, when you got because it's a a, a cross athletics um, sort of apparatus that can help almost any athlete, you can get these endorsers and users that are across all sports. So when you got Rory McIlroy and Kevin Durant and LeBron James, Patrick Mahomes, Michael Phelps all in the fold, you pretty much got everybody. So uh, take us through uh, sort of this phenomenon and, and sort of your thoughts on the way that this might impact um, the, the relationship between business and sports. Yeah, so there's this these fitness trackers, or in a broader sense, these wearables have been kind of, uh, you know, thought of thought of as the next frontier of of devices and smart devices. And, you know, we've seen various players in and out of the space. I mean, Nike with their Fuel Band, Fitbit has kind of come and gone. Really, the most successful um, wearable, if you will, to date has been not the i you know the iWatch and more so the airpods um and you know who knows what data that's collecting on all of us but you know this whoop fitness tracker caught my eye it um just uh, got a cash infusion from japan's softbank and is valued at 3.6 billion dollars and you mentioned some of the folks involved i mean previous investors rory mcelroy kevin durant They've got users like LeBron James, Patrick Mahomes, Michael Phelps. Yeah, so these are big names. The question to me is, these are big names, but like, you know, you got to sell a lot of these Whoop fitness trackers to justify a billion-dollar valuation. You got to sell it at uh, at a substantial margin, and then chances are you got to do something with all of that data. And the question is, what are they going to do with it? How are they going to be able to monetize that data from from all of us, assuming we all you know, buy these things or are given them or subsidized in some way. I think it feels a little outlandish to me. Um, I'm not really sure if, if whoop and or another player in this category is going to be able to monetize these things to the extent the market feels like they can. $3.6 billion is, is a giant sum of money for something that, um, and certainly not as ubiquitous as we think. There's been other, like I said before, there's been other players in this space, big players like Apple, like Google, like Facebook, and they haven't really been able to pull it off. Maybe it's because the, these products um, are harder than we think for those big, big uh, tech firms to uh, pull off. Um, we'll we'll see how Whoop does. Uh, I think it's a good product. I've, I've I've used a couple of their products. I think it's a good experience, but. Um, is it good enough to justify that that market capitalization? Um, I'm I'm not so sure. Justin, have you read the book Homo Deus? I have, indeed. So th- this uh, is what this makes me Harari. Yeah, this is what makes me. Th- I think of the, the sort of relationship with that, right? Because this the, sort of the the computerized monitoring of our systems, whether it's our um, our health or our immune system or the way that you know everything that our bodies are composed of is step one, but basically the the concept of homo deus, which is a brief history of tomorrow, uh, is that there will be this point where where humans uh, are beyond humans. We're beyond homo sapiens. We are homo deus. And there's some stuff about it that mm-hmm. seems um, optimistic and cool, 
But also there's some stuff that makes me just, my head just spin. You know, the, the concept of there might be a, a time in the near future where it doesn't matter how you feel because you can take a pill to feel however you want. And that in itself, I think, is when uh, humanity <laughs> ceases to exist. But I, you know me, I'm a cynic, so I don't really know. But um, I just thought of that right away because it seems as if when you try to control everything, um, it, it gets a little bit convoluted and scary, at least to me. Yeah, and I don't think like it necessarily has to be as dystopian as we think it might be. I mean, think of how your smartphone has changed your life. Like, how many phone numbers do you memorize now? Um, how do you access and retain information? I mean, this little thing we keep in our pocket allows us to kind of interact with information in, in different ways, and it's already kind of enhancing our intelligence and our way of thinking in a, in a variety of ways that, that is, is kind of gradual. Um, so it's easy to sort of fast forward to some dystopian future, but it, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to go in that direction, and it probably won't go along the lines that we predict it will. Um, that said, I mean, anytime we're collecting data on people and we get into physiological data and all of these things, you know, there are a bunch of different ethical considerations and things, you know, privacy considerations and all of that um, and how that affects us as humans and how we interact with the world and other people around us. Yeah, that, that gets uh, super complicated and you know, we have a choice in all of that. Let's not forget that. I mean, it's not just some puppet master pulling the strings. We all make decisions with what technology we, we use and don't use. So don't lose sight of the fact that each one of us has a choice in, in how we do it. Last thing for you, Justin Nagel, University of Montana business professor, and my co-host here on A Business Angle. I do this every other Tuesday here on Nuanas Now, 10290 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. We've been uh, talking about this new frontier of buy-the-button trading. Speaking of smartphones, the way that they can change your life, uh, I got super into trading on the stock market uh, during the pandemic, and I ended up making a fair amount of money, and it helped me buy a house, and all, you know, it's been cool. But uh, Robinhood is, is now an app that is sold. Uh, it has an IPO now, so that means uh, it is traded on the, the, the stock exchange. But the valuation of it has been sliding. And so take us through this because the overlay between Robinhood and some of these cryptocurrencies and some of these short squeezes that we've seen in, in, with certain stocks, they all kind of go hand to hand because some of the biggest influencers and some of the biggest users of these are sort of similar to the, the people that are sports betting and, and consuming sports at a high level. Chances are, if you have a DraftKings app, you got a Robinhood app and vice versa. So a lot of the same influencers like Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports, for example, are influencing both realms. So take us through just what, what's kind of the latest with Robinhood because there is sort of a tie when it comes to college football and uh, college sports as well. Yeah, I mean, let's sharpen it up. We're talking about mostly young men here. And during the pandemic, you know, the, the participation of young men in um, the capital markets has increased greatly, mostly through these trading apps like Robinhood. And, and as you said, a lot of these same guys that are 
getting into trading or also betting on sports and playing in the cryptocurrency space. And, you know, and that's fine. Uh, the problem with Robinhood, though, is they make money. Their business model is selling order flow to trading firms. So Robinhood doesn't execute trades. They collect trades from anybody that wants to trade a stock on there, and then they sell your orders you know, they collect a fee for from Wall Street for every trade that you make. So they have a business model that incentivizes them to have their customers, have their users trade more. And the research pretty clearly shows that the more you trade, the less well you do, the lower your rate of return. And that just prevents a, that just prevent presents a perverse incentive for Robinhood. And you saw the SEC today, um, you know, intimate that you know maybe they're going to put restrictions on this type of business model, and that doesn't necessarily mean that Robinhood goes away, but um, it means that uh, you know if if selling order flow is made illegal or regulated out of existence, then Robinhood's got to come up with a, a different business model. Um, could be commission, but you know, investors, particularly small investors. Don't like commissions. So um, how are they going to do it? It's unclear. I think that business is um, under some scrutiny, and a lot of the initial hype is um, is maybe being reined in. So it'll be an interesting story. And ultimately, like, you know, I, I think that uh, more people participating in the capital markets is great. I just think it's important that um, if you do it, you sort of understand the risks and understand the um, – the platforms you're using and the incentives that are driving their profitability. Justin, a pleasure as always. It's a business angle with Justin Angle from the University of Montana Business School here on Nuanas Now at 1029 ESPN Missoula. Before we let you get out of here, Justin, what's cooking on your end? You have your new angle podcast. Um, I was actually happy to say I finished your Fireline podcast and it was outstanding, but I, uh, I was glad to know that it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be in terms of our fire season around here. It doesn't mean the problem is solved, but when I was listening and it was so smoky in mid-July, I thought that this was the the beginning of the end. But what's cooking at a new angle? What do you got coming up? Yeah, this week, Thursday, we release an episode with climate scientist Kathy Whitlock, who's a professor at... Um, at Montana State, and then Steve Hostetler, who's at Oregon State, uh, they are the two lead authors of the Greater Yellowstone Area Climate Assessment that just came out in the last month or so. So they're going to tell us about how the climate's been changing here in the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem. Um, we've got some other ones coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, I think I have an episode with Marty Mortingway coming out pretty soon, so that'll be something that your listeners might be interested in. And, uh, yeah, they can uh, follow us at anewanglepodcast.com or check us out uh, Thursday nights at 7.30 on Montana Public Radio. Got to love it. Justin Angle of Business Angle every other Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. Justin, have yourself a great first week of school, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Coulter. Be well. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, give us a rundown of what is actually happening for scenarios in the Pioneer League when it comes to the playoffs and talk some Major League Baseball as well. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. 
The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Depth charts were officially released for the Grizzlies and the Bobcats yesterday, signaling the official start to the 2021 season for the Treasure State's Big Sky Conference football programs. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The Grizz depth chart featured few surprises, although sophomore Corbin Walker and senior Omar Hicks Anu securing the starting quarterback jobs ahead of FBS transfer Justin Ford, formerly of Louisville, along with upstart freshman Aunt Joe So, may have been a bit surprising. Grizz head coach Bobby Houck has emphasized throughout his team's recently completed fall camp that the Grizzlies expect to play into their depth quite often this fall at a variety of positions. The other spot that received some attention was freshman Xavier Harris and redshirt freshman Isaiah Childs securing the top two spots at running back. Senior Cam Humphrey will throw his first pass in his home state of Washington since his senior year of high school in Issaquah when the Grizzlies take the field at Husky Stadium on Saturday evening. At Montana State, a few more surprises highlighted the depth chart heading into first-year head coach Brent Deegan's first game, leading MSU Saturday afternoon against Wyoming and Laramie. Justice Perkin, a redshirt freshman from Bozeman who is a former walk-on, will make his first career start at center ahead of Cole Sane, a former Grizz who's been banged up during fall camp. Versatile junior Ty Okada will start at nickel ahead of injured senior Tyrell Thomas, who will not make the trip. And junior James Campbell, a converted wide receiver, will start opposite Eric Zambrano at corner. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. ESPN Missoula. I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport is new to Missoula, new to Montana. They're located at the corner of Stevens and Mount here in Missoula. You want to check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest? Either head on down or go to nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. I cannot believe it's the last day of August, but the last day of August means that the Minor League Baseball season around the state of Montana, around the region, around the Pioneer League is winding down. We are closing in less than two weeks until the postseason begins. And the Missoula Paddleheads, they already have a spot uh, in the postseason as the first half champions of the Pioneer League. But uh, they still have some work to do, especially if they want to get into that championship series. So Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, joins us now uh, here on Nuanez now. And uh, a lot to get to, including playoff scenarios. But crazy to think that this is this is already the stretch run. You guys got a lot of promotions still coming up, so there is a bunch of fun stuff going on down there at Oregon Park Allegiance Field. But uh, I mean, this season's gone by so fast, man. It's crazy to think that it's almost over already. Yeah, I know. It's I was thinking the same thing, you know, numerous times the last couple of weeks. I thought it was it was like wow. I felt like I just met 
you and Tommy Evans and Becky and everybody here with Missoula Broadcasting when I initially got the role with the Missoula Paddleheads. And now here we are come September, just nine games left of the season. It's wild. And the Paddleheads do have a homestand uh, this week starting tomorrow. Great Falls Voyagers are in town. And we have tickets for you. So here's what I'm going to do. It's a Tuesday, so that means it's a Tagliari Tuesday. Jeff's a big Tagliari fan. I went down there oh, yeah. the other weekend. Uh, Jeff was down there having himself a Tagliari. I was had a Megadeth for lunch earlier today. It was delicious. But we got a $25 gift card to Tagliari Delicatessen. We do this each and every Tuesday here on Nuanas now. Not just a sandwich chef. They got all sorts of cool stuff in there. Wine, specialty pasta and pasta sauces. They have charcuterie plates. It's an awesome place. It's kind of like a little Italian corner market where they definitely have the best sandwiches in the city of Missoula. So if you haven't tried them, you're going to want to do that. Located at the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. Or if you have, I know you probably want one. Give us a call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Or you can text it as well. Call our number two or text our number two. Whoever gets a hold of a second, we have $25 gift card to Tagliari Delicatessen in Missoula. 888-1029. That's 888-1029. And I'm going to give you four tickets to Wednesday's Missoula Paddleheads game against the Great Falls Voyagers. So you want a four-pack of tickets and 25 bucks to Tagliari, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Thanks to Tagliari Delicatessen for being the sponsor of Tagliari Tuesday here on Nuanas. Now, a couple great things to promote for the Paddleheads coming up. You got Pride Night Friday night. Next Thursday, you got uh, the first annual Zootown Showdown, which is a Cool deal. See what high school has the most spirit in town. So if you're a student at Hellgate or Sentinel or Big Sky or Loyola, you go to the Paddleheads game next Thursday. Six bucks if you show your student ID. They have free gifts for fans wearing their school colors. All school groups will be encouraged to come out of the competition. They have competitions throughout the game. So if you want to be a part of the Zootown Showdown and show your school spirit, head on down to the Paddleheads next Thursday Student tickets for six bucks. That's a hell of a deal. Uh, if you want to go check out the Missoula Paddleheads as they march toward the postseason. Uh, but also, Pride Night, am I forgetting anything else? There's some fireworks coming up as well. So there's all sorts of stuff coming up as the Paddleheads finish the regular season. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff happening out at the yard. It's always a lot of fun. Can't forget about Thirsty Thursday. On Thursdays, also, you got your ice cold suds. Discounted beers. So I make my beers. appearances down oh, there. Yeah. If I'm going as a fan, I'm going on Thursday. I tell oh, you that. I've been, there you go. Four, I've been to four Thursday games, and the beer batter has got a hit every time I've been there, too. So uh, always fun. You get a, you get a, what, I think a half-price beer for uh, 15 minutes right after the beer batter gets a hit. So pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how can you beat that? And we always, before a game, that's always the big debate. It's, you know, you'd think that you wouldn't put a whole lot of emphasis on that, but... It really is important to pick who the right beer batter That's is. That's right. And it's interesting. There are some guys that don't like to be the beer batter. That oh, that are is like interesting. If you, pick it, if you pick them, even if they're in a hot streak, Brandon Riley, that's a perfect example. For whatever reason, he doesn't like to be the beer batter. It's You know, baseball players are kind of <laughs> a little bit of a superstitious yeah, type sometimes. a little sometimes. bit, sort of. <laughs> I mean, and, and I am too. I mean, I have my little routines that I always go through, like, I'll, for instance, my scorebook. I'll always put, always, the opposing team on the right side of my scorebook. Always. doesn't matter who it is. That's, that's just how I do it. Gotta love it. Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, in studio with me, 
Coulter Nuanas. We do this together every Tuesday here on Nuanas now. Uh, a tough loss for Missoula last night in Ogden, uh, but the Paddleheads did navigate the series pretty darn well uh, this weekend. So 13-2 last night, the result, but that was coming off of a pair of weekend wins on both Saturday and Sunday. So just give us a broad recap of this last series because this is a good test for Missoula considering we're uh, into the stretch run and and Ogden is certainly one of the best teams in the league, definitely one of the best teams in the South. Absolutely. The Ogden Raptors got off to such a hot start in the first half. Um, at one point, they were 15-1 and record-wise, and they have a lot of talented players. Jacob Goldfarb, center fielder, University of Oregon guy, fantastic player. Average was around 500 in the series. Josh Broughton, very speedy outfielder. He's got a cannon for an arm. And they were messing around with their pitching some. They used kind of this bullpen game scenario through the whole entire series but for Missoula going into that series they're kind of scuffling a little bit finished two and four against the Hawks and Boise they're trying to kind of find themselves they made a plethora of roster moves right before that series the bleak leader in wins Kevin Hilton was traded to the American Association Raven Martin was gone Aaron Bond Jose Reyes and they brought in some new players Cole Cook a left-hander was very good one point in this series and they bulked up their defense also with Jacob Telemonte a product of St. Mary's starting outfielder and also A.J. Wright a guy out of UMBC University of Maryland Baltimore County you may remember them the Terriers they're the team that knocked uh, off Virginia yep there you go and uh, I have to ask him a few questions about that because he was a student at the time when the Terriers had that huge upset but um they're putting a little bit more of an emphasis on defense and pitching, and in that series, it definitely played out well because, for the most part, the starting pitching was lights out against Ogden. In the first five games of the series, their starters were 4-0, and ERA right around 2. Neither one of their starters, by looking at Barisa, Domingo Pena, Schwellenbach, and Cook, the new left-hander I mentioned, none of them gave up more than two runs and all had quality starts. So if you're Michael Schlack, you have to love that, that your starting pitching was fantastic in those first four or five games, and they had some good situational hitting, especially in the early innings, and they kind of used this blueprint through the whole series where you had great starting pitching, got some early offense, some help from Zach Allman, Nick Gatewood, players we've heard from all season long, and they were able to roll to some wins and I think really got back on track. All of a sudden now... You know, the Paddleheads were just so ridiculously hot in the first half of the year, and uh, it still came down the wire for them to win the first half of the Pioneer League North title chase. But they did, and that's what secured their spot in the postseason upcoming. September 11th will be uh, when that play-in game or playoff game to get into the championship series takes place. Uh, but here, they've struggled more in the second half, quote-unquote struggled, yet they're still in, the, in first place in the North standings uh, now here as well. So uh, is this team, I mean, are they trying to just go double this thing up and win the, the second half as well? I mean, why not? Why not, if, right? If yeah, the well. heads, they, they definitely want to just try to roll into the postseason playing their best baseball. I think that's the most important thing for this club right now is to have everything set up the right way have all the right vibes going, especially going into a one-game playoff type of a situation because that's a daunting task. It's something that just kind of looms in the back of your head that this entire season is all going to come down to one game 
And the Paddleheads want to do everything that they can to make sure that they're ready for it and that mentally they feel good about it. It is sort of crazy to think that you're going to play a 92-game season and it's going to come down to one game. Even if you do win you know, at a, at a two-thirds clip, a 70% of your game's clip, it's still going to come down to one game. But take people, Jeff Safford from the Missoula Palace, by the way, joining us here on Nuanas now. Take us through the playoff scenario, Jeff, because they already have a spot in this championship game. But uh, how? what are we looking forward to September 11th and then beyond that next and final week of the season? Well, that playoff game will be... F- Featuring the Paddleheads, obviously, the game on the 11th, and it will be a Northern Division, quote-unquote, playoff game. And the same will take place in the South. And it looks like in the South, with Ogden tying up the first half, it looks like their opponents will come down to either the Boise Hawks or the Grand Junction Rockies. And those two teams have a huge series coming up this week. They're playing a six-game set, and there's only one game that separates those two teams. So that series could very well decide who comes out of the South to play Ogden at Lindquist Field on the 11th, where Missoula just was. In the Northern Division, things are a lot less clear, with there being such a cluster of teams in the North behind Missoula. You got Billings right there, one game back, and with Missoula having already won the first half, even if they win the second half, they can't avoid... That playoff game. So it would be the team that would finish second that would get in that game. So just for the sake of the argument, if the season were to end right now, it would be Billings playing in that second playoff game against Missoula. But you got the Idaho Falls Chuckers right there, just a game back. And the Great Falls Voyagers. Can't forget about the Voyagers. They're three games back of Missoula, but only two games back of Billings. And that seems like kind of the more important race right now looking at that playoff positioning because, again, it doesn't really matter all that much if Missoula wins the second half. It's more who finishes closest to Missoula or if they end up winning the second half, obviously they would then get in that playoff game against the Paddleheads. Well, it should be fun to watch the way that the stretch run progresses here. It's going to be an awesome and wild sports day here in Montana on September 11th because you got the first Grizz home football game, uh, and it also is the first Bobcat home football game, and the Palhouse is going to be hosting a playoff game down there at Oregon Park Allegiance Field, so a lot of action to be had. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And if you like sports and I mean everything that Montana and really everyone went through with the pandemic last year, I mean, I would think that's got to be pretty awesome for this whole state that you got these awesome sporting events happening and we can go watch them and see them live and I mean I'm excited to go experience Washington Grizzly Stadium for the first time after the season ends that sounds like a really fun venue we'll see if it lives up to Autzen Stadium it's got a lot to live up to oh man in my opinion but here's uh, here's I'll give you this and I, I can't wait to hear your feedback on it I've been to stadiums around the west I obviously uh, have been baptized in in Washington Grizzly Stadium I've been to probably 100 games at the venue and uh, I've also been to dozens and dozens, if not close to 100, at Bobcat Stadium as well. But I've been to venues across the West. And I would actually say that the only venue that I've been to that compares to Washington Grizz in terms of noise is Autzen Stadium. So I can't wait to hear your comparing and contrasting. Granted, the couple games I've been to at Autzen have been against FBA, FCS opponents, too, for the Oregon Ducks. So uh, not quite 
Oregon, Washington, or the Civil War or something like that. So right, you might right. have a little bit better perspective <laughs> on that. But it'll be fun to hear your perspective once you get into Washington Grizz. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what uh, the Grizz fans think of Husky Stadium this weekend also, because that place can also be... Rocking. Yes. it's It can, like, if you've watched games at Husky Stadium on TV, you'll see sometimes the camera shakes. And when you're in the stands on third downs... The stadium does really shake sometimes. It's kind of a crazy venue that way. Well, Jeff, we appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Finish strong down the stretch run. If you want to catch any of the Missoula Paddleheads action, we'll have tickets for you for the remaining home games, including here today. And also, if you can't make it down the game, just keep it. 1029 ESPN Radio. Jeff will be back on the call tomorrow night. The Paddleheads opening up a homestand against the Great Falls Voyagers. 705 first pitch. So tune in right here on ESPN Radio to hear the great call from our guy, Jeff Saver. Jeff, thanks for coming in, my man. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Nuanas now. Take you home on a Tuesday. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Thanks so much for kicking it with me on a Tuesday. I'm Cole through Nuanas. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Got a full slate. Kevin McKinney from Wyoming as part of our ESPN roundtable. Some big sky breakdowns, some catching up with the Cats, and much more, including Craig Chambers, former Grizz wide receiver, Washington wide receiver. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore. You can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.